Hi, I'm Lauren Class Schneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Casey Wyland, a cast member from Dan Cody's Yacht, playing off-Broadway at the Manhattan Theater Club. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. You bet. Thanks for spending your time with us, most recent college graduate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank uh, you. <laughs> you bet. Congratulations on graduation and participating in this terrific off-Broadway play. Dan Cody's Yacht by Anthony Girardia? Giardina. Giardina, thank you. Yeah. Fellows, a single school teacher, a female single school teacher, struggling to get by when the wealthy father of one of her students offers her a financial proposal that could change her and her daughter's life. His work often centers around working class families. Will you tell us about working on the play with all that understanding? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been fortunate enough to been uh, to have been involved with the show um, from the very, very early stages of readings and workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've gotten the opportunity to see how the script has developed and how the characters have deepened and um, just really streamlined the story. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that especially um, in our world now, there's there's so many issues going on, and there's so many um, not necessarily politically centered conversations, but socially charged conversations. Uh-huh. And I think that um, knowing that and knowing where we are, and then also um, knowing where my mindset was in high school, because I do play a high schooler in the show, mm-hmm. um, it's it's been nice to um, be able to look at what I understand now, look at what I understood then, and then also be able to be in the room for the conversations with Tony, who wrote the show, and Doug, our director, and fellow cast members um, and creative team members, and just listen to kind of everyone's point of view and everyone's different experiences to be able to pull together what then became what our play is. Oh, great, great. Um, you refer to Doug, the director. Of course, that's Doug Hughes. Mm-hmm. His recent work also includes Junk at Lincoln Center. Yes. That piece also centers a bit around the haves and the have-nots and the yes. role that money plays in our society. Tell us a little bit about how that might have played into the rehearsal process. Or is it? Um, you know, we didn't talk specifically about junk in the rehearsal room. Um, Rick Holmes, who plays Kevin O'Neill, one of the leads of our show, was also in junk. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that was, uh, I assume that was especially helpful for him, considering he also, a bit, a large part of Kevin's character is um, surrounded uh, around financial concerns and, you know, what money can do to a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, you know, Doug has in my Doug has an incredible understanding of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. truly everything. <laughs> but I think that having just done d- junk and then coming to do Dan Cody's, it's they're they're very similar, but they're also um, they're also very different. They deal with 
different um, social issues, but I think morally um, it they fall, you know, kind of in the same conversation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's talk a little bit about this extraordinary cast. Yes. So, this is your Manhattan Theater Club debut alongside mm-hmm. with Kristen Bush, who plays your mother, and Rick Holmes, who you talked about most recently in Junk. I'm intrigued, and I, I might be wrong, but it seems that all of your scenes are two-person scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm waiting to see them all someday in the scene study book for um, acting students. <laughs> yes, they are very, very wonderful, well-written scenes. Extraordinary. Tell us about being in this play and having all of these incredible two-person scenes. I know. It's... um it is something that I definitely, throughout the course of the process, have just continued to be grateful for. Um, I think especially just coming out of school, it's really nice to be in a company where you feel not only so welcomed, but I'm also learning so much from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that being in the one-on-one scenes creates just like another level of intimacy for the characters because you do, you know, there's not, it's it's a rather small cast. Uh-huh. And so having the, the two-person scenes and just those very small, short, snippet, intimate conversations kind of just allow you to get to the root of your character and get to the point of the scene. Uh-huh. And because there's only two of you to focus on, it allows you to then take what's on the text and then kind of look for the subtext in it or look for your backstory or connect it to a different scene. Um, and it was nice in the rehearsal room as well because you kind, there was, you know, there was, there was no like, well, we have to end here. Like this is where the scene has to go. It was, let's work on it. Let's figure it out together. And because, I think that this cast especially has gotten so, so close yeah. over the past few months. So there's also another certain level of trust. Like I've known, I've known Kristen for a little while because we did readings of this play together, which allows us in, you know, there's one scene in the show where it's just an absolute blowout fight. Mm-hmm. But because um, it's just the two of us on stage and because there's that certain level of trust, it allows us to just kind of go the extra mile instead of just, like, being on stage and being told what we're supposed to do and then executing that, Mm -hmm. um, it allows for uh, a certain level of discovery, I suppose. Fair enough. Really, really insightful, and thank you for sharing that. You play the character Angela Russo, Mm -hmm. a junior in high school who strives to go to Baxter, and you as an NYU grad, yeah. 2018, having been with the play from its inception, probably mm-hmm. through some of your college years, mm-hmm. what did it feel like going back to the high school world for you as an actor? Um, I, it's something that I, I really do enjoy, and especially in this play, it's something that I have come to be quite passionate about, um, because I think that... Angela specifically, it's really nice to play a character who 
at such a young age, her the foundation of her is that she doesn't need a man to walk into her life and save her. And she has a very, very strong understanding of who she is, where she is in the world, what she wants to do, and how she's going to get there. Uh-huh. And I don't think that that's seen a lot, especially uh-huh. in young female characters. Uh-huh. But I know so many young women like that, especially when I was in high school and now, and it's just nice to come back after, you know, being away from high school as itself, as an institution, I uh-huh. think, has certain expectations coming from, you know, whether it's the staff of the high school or parents or society or your peers or yourself, there's certain things that you feel like you have to do and you have to achieve. Uh-huh. And having been out of that environment for a while and being able to, like, really, you know, step back and look at what was important to me as a high schooler and versus what's important to me now, mm-hmm. um, I think that it's it was really a privilege to be able to go back and be like, okay, this is how I want to do it. And, like, but also as a female in a public high school, what are you being told by everyone around you? Because I think that that is also another very important element, and that's something we get in the show as well. There's this line that um, Kara says at the end that they're talking about, she and her friend Kathy are talking about their high school girls, and Kara says, um, makes a point that, like, they've got to talk about something other than boys. They've got to aim higher. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's very much a part of Angela's life as well. Um, and I think that that's just, it's just very nice to be able to come into a play and not have to, like, play a love story for a teenage girl. <laughs> or, like, you know, play, like, the girl who sees herself as a victim or anything along those lines. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's something that I have, co- I have really, really come to love Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I was more like her. And I, oh. I know. She's the best. Tony, ugh, he's the best. <laughs> I have a, an alternate universe curiosity question. Yeah, absolutely. Angela, the character, what might her response be to her mom mm-hmm. and the whole concept of all of this mm-hmm. if the, let's say, helper mm-hmm. to her mom was a female in the hedge fund private equity business? Interesting. Um you know, I don't think – I'm sure there would be some type of shift uh-huh. um, because, you know, part of my discovery in Angela and her relationship with Kevin is looking at Kevin not not as a father figure because he's not, but looking at him as, like, what has she seen from men in her life in relation to her and in relation to her mother, and then how does that affect her viewpoint of him? Um, mm-hmm. and her trust level of him. Uh-huh. But I, you know, if it was a female, I'm not sure that it would be that much different because I don't think it, it, I don't think that the problem is so much that it's this man for Angela. It's the, it's the concept. It's the concept that someone wants to come in and tell you that your life isn't good enough and it can be better. And like, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you're going to end up at a different place. And it's not that simple for her. 
And there's also so many other factors. You know, a, a large part of what we talked about as well was the concept of leaving her high school. Uh-huh. As much as she does want a better education and she does, you know, understand what that would mean, there's also just that terrifying idea that you then move to a new place, you lose all of your friends, right. you lose the social aspect of your life. Right. And then it's also you you become one with a bigger crowd. She fully understands that she would probably get lost in Stillwell. Uh-huh. You know, so there's a there's a way more aspects than just the man being overbearing and like trying to save them. Because it's not that she doesn't want it. She does want it. She just understands that there are so many more elements than just saying, okay, let's do it. Well, in closing, I'm going to say when we see part two of this play, <laughs> Angela's at Vassar. <laughs> I do. So. I think she gets there eventually. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. This has been terrific. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Lauren Schneider with Casey Wyland from Dan Cody's Yacht, playing off-Broadway at the Manhattan Theater Club through July 1st. Thank you. <laughs>